everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And as usual, we have a special guest today. And this is another guest who's my friend. Hey. Emo's always bringing his friends. Are we not friends? No, she's mine. <laughs> my friend, Sarah Height, the lovely Sarah Height. Hello. And uh, she is the owner of the Breeze Wine Bar in Logan Street Market. She also helps to open up the market. So that thing's got her fingerprints all over it. Here and I it's, am. it's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Yay! Yeah. Okay, so before we get into it, I need you to tell us the business, Emo. Okay, I'll tell you the business. So we are Two Nuts in a Pod. You can find us on 106.5 Forward Radio. You can listen to us anytime on forwardradio.org. You can also listen to us on streaming services, Google Play, CastBox, SoundCloud, and... Apple Podcasts. I, it's really still a struggle for me. Uh, you can also find us on social media platforms, Facebook, Two Nuts in a Pod, with two spelled out, and Instagram, Two Nuts in a Pod, but with the number two. And you can also email us anytime at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, if you want to have ideas, if you want to be on the show, whatever. Yeah. We'll answer it. Yeah, just send us emails, please. Please send and us thank emails. You. Um, okay. That's it. That you're was so, so fast. I'm, I'm really good at it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're a pro. Thank you. Uh, so first segment, how are you for real? So we don't just want some BS answer. We don't want to like, I'm fine. Like, I'm okay. I'm totally okay. In I'm, every I'm way. great. <laughs> no one's ever great. That's such a BS answer. At least I never am. I don't like those people. <laughs> people who are ever great, I've get out of here. I've never been great. I, my entire life, I've no, never been great. Actually, no, I've been great at different times, but nobody asked me how I was. Like, nobody wow. came up and was like, it's hey. It's like a tree falling in the forest kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Emery, how are you doing? I would have said, I'm great, and but I've never been asked at that time. So Why don't you just walk around and say, ask me how I'm doing? <laughs> great. <laughs> Please ask me. <laughs> I am fishing, very much so. I mean, I'll be great for like five minutes, maybe, like right after purchasing something or... <laughs> having a first drink of the night or uh, I don't know it's fleeting it's a fleeting thing for me I'm not I'm never great for very long my greatness <laughs> is staggering it's staggered all right we got to get into it though all right so emo how are you for real oh starting off with me okay I am sad <laughs> I love just laughing at that uh yeah I've been just this past weekend, this past week was really difficult for me, just going through a lot of personal, you know, fun personal things that I go through, and then just mental health thing has kind of been off a little bit, and I actually upped my dosage for my depression medication, and that has had a little bit of effect on it as well, and I just, I've just felt pretty off this whole week. There's been fleeting moments of genuine happiness, mm. but majority of time, it's like, no, I'm pretty sad. I, uh... Had a really bad episode on Wednesday, and luckily I went out, I went and hung out with a friend, and we just like talked for a few hours, and it was like middle of work day, and that was really good because I needed that. But it was it started with me reaching out and then having people that were supportive of me, so that was really helpful. And you know, this weekend I saw family, I saw friends, that was good. But it's it's kind of when you're like alone and you're processing your own thoughts and dealing with all that stuff, it's a uh, can be a little exhausting. You're just like, I'm sad. Well, I hate when the medication is like a whole other factor 
to think about like is it making me better is it making me worse like it's kind of crazy making to have to like be the judge of that but Mm -hmm. like you're the only one who can be really because everyone else you're just kind of telling them secondhand how you are like you're the only one inside your brain so it's like all this pressure at least i feel like that yeah like to figure out if it's working or not and i think that's why i change drugs so much (laughs) i always i i often beat myself up and think i'm overreacting too like i i i invalidate myself like it's just like oh this isn't real or this isn't that serious and it's like actually it is it is very serious these are your real valid feelings that are and things are happening and you should you know consider it a real thing um but it just when it's going on it's just very difficult for me to be able to process like that and not just you know deal with all that crap and then beat yourself up over it it's just like a a really mean cycle. (laughs) Like if you were ever like, you know, if you ever, if that person was ever out in the open and you could meet that person, the other Emery, then it's like, Oh, this other Emery is just a really mean person. But generally I'm pretty nice, you know? Yeah. I've never seen you mean. Yeah. So it's just like this person that the inside of me part is, is not so nice. And, uh, that can just be exhausting. So I've been a little out of it. So yeah, just kind of sad. Sorry. It's okay. That's, and so you said the increase in meds, it's making you feel off? Like how? Yeah, I feel, well, well, it's more sad. Uh, yeah, that was like. I hate it when it's like, side effect, more depression. <laughs> Great. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think it just made me, it's only been a few days of it. And I know that there's obviously a transitional period when you're taking new medications. But it's, uh, yeah, it's been just kind of kind of a bummer. So I might have to talk with my psychiatrist and see about that because uh, right now it's just like this sucks yeah that's like when you just like feel bad and there's just like nothing you can do about it yeah it just kind of feels like an endurance thing of like waking up again I'm like all right i feel bad again yeah I, all right <laughs> this and, is it and even like stuff this weekend you know we were you know there was things i was invited to by friends and i was like it's too many people i'll be overstimulated and i'll just be sad and just, yeah. and especially when you're just around a bunch of like happy people having a good time, you're like, well, I wish I could be like them. Like, I wish I could feel what they're feeling. Oh yeah. That, I totally know the feeling you're talking about. It's like this envy kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. of the people around you. And it, they, it looks like their happiness is so easy. Like it just comes so easily to them and it seems so natural. And then I feel like unnatural and weird Yeah, for not feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, so I generally, if I hang out with people, it's one person. So it's, you know, or in here, it's two people. Very rarely hanging out with a group of people, especially since the hospitalization. Just after that, I was like, I don't really like seeing a big group of people. It's just like, I feel overstimulated and anxious, and then I get depressed. (laughs) So it's just like, battling that is exhausting. So yeah. See, I wonder if I have that too. I think I just like... I medicate myself for dealing with large groups of people, mostly through alcohol. And like, so, and so I don't feel anxiety when I'm drinking and I'm in a big group of people, but a lot of times it'll be like the next day. Um, I'll have like the scaries and leading up and getting to the place is really hard. And I, I tried this exercise for a while of like not having a drink for the first like 15 minutes because that's it takes time for your anxiety to like settle when, when you've arrived somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to give my brain a chance to like relax before I start like dousing it with, with alcohol. 
And I still try to do that sometimes. Sometimes I'm just not thinking about it, and it's so automatic. You know, when you're socializing with people, just grab a drink right when you get there. But sometimes I think about it and, like, try not to do it right away. But I do think, like, I am not good in big groups. Like, someday I'll have to just admit that to myself and because I won't be able to drink like this forever. I am not good yeah. in, in big groups if we're just, like, sitting around. Like, I have to have, like, an activity to do. That's why, like... That's a really good point, Like, yeah. I, I love to, like, go out and if we're, like, dancing. But, like, just to, like, hang out and just, like, talk to people, I'm just like, okay, I need, like, I need something to do. I need to release this, like, built-up tension and energy. And oftentimes people are just, like, sitting around talking. I'm like okay, I hate this. <laughs> like, I need to get out of this. I'm just going to go dance in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I wish people did more, like, activities. That's something I like about the group of, like, the Richmond boys is that they're always doing something. Yeah. There's always, like, games being played or... Well, sometimes they'll just have a fire and that's enough in itself. But mm-hmm. there's always, like, the attention is always at something else. Yeah, it's not, it's like, at each other. It's, like, always, you know, something peripheral going on. Yeah. All right. So sad. So you're sad. (laughs) That sucks. So, Lizzie, how are you for real? I am hungover. (laughs) Woo! Woo! I thought you were going to say happy, and I was like, oh, man, you got to close. No. I was happy last night, and now I am unhappy. (laughs) Yeah, I was saying, I think that I've kind of been like drinking a little too much lately. And it's not like it is like a crazy amount when I'm drinking, but it's just the frequency that I've been drinking like every day and, you know, that I have a drink, even if it's just like Seth and I hanging out at home. I used to just not even be interested in alcohol unless I was going out like, I don't want it. Gross. But now I'm like, ooh, delightful. (laughs) And I think it's a quarantine thing. I think it started... You know, just when the world is in this, like, chaos, it feels like somehow it's like the Wild West and you're allowed to do do bad stuff for you because <laughs> the world been, sucks. Yeah, people have described it as airport rules. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, nothing applies anymore. Yes. It's whatever. Wait, what rules? Airport rules. Airport like, yeah, rules. I can have a, a drink at 10 a.m. What time is it? 10? It's totally fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like on a weekend day, I don't even wait till 5. No. No, I think I'm still in the category of I I don't like really just drinking casually. Yeah, <laughs> but like I just yeah I still am like I go out to drink like there's never alcohol at my house like there's never access to it so unless I'm like entertaining someone it's like oh, okay I have to go buy alcohol but otherwise I never have it but that's because of childhood like growing up with an alcoholic hmm. you know when he was recovering it was like we can't have any products with alcohol in the house. So it just was, it's normal to me now. See, and we'll have it in the house, and so we end up just buying it a lot. And that has been a big, like, it's one of those things I don't even want to look at the budget. Like, I don't want to know no. how much we spend on alcohol. That's something, I'm, I'll just lump it in with takeout food and just pretend <laughs> that... Just a lot of takeout. Pretend it's just a lot of takeout. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I'm hungover. Um, I'm also similarly to you, emo, I'm kind of feeling unsure about my meds or I've, I've been kind of changing meds a lot for the past four or five months. 
and I thought I finally landed on a combo that was good. And I don't know if it's just like situational anxiety because I'm going to be teaching in a week and that always kind of gets my anxiety ramped up. But I've been just feeling a lot more generalized anxiety lately. And it almost felt like the pills are making it worse. Like, at least in my head, I'm like, I'm on this pill and it's supposed to be making it better, but it feels like my anxiety gets worse every day. So I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to go back and talk to the doctor again and try to make an adjustment. I think maybe the antidepressant, I think I went on too high of a dose. So I went down and I haven't even talked to her yet about it because she didn't get back to me yet. But I went ahead and went back down on that dose because the medication Prestique, I've talked about it before. It sounds like a magician's name. (laughs) Um, Prestique. it uh, magically works. erases your feelings. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> um, so it works on serotonin and norepinephrine. So norepinephrine is the one that makes you feel like awake. Mm. It's kind of like the wake up chemical. And so it can be good for people who are depressed to stimulate norepinephrine production in the brain because it, you know, it just makes you more alert and more, basically, more alive and. But I think for me, it's with my anxiety level, I'm starting to wonder if I sh- if that's a bad combo, mm-hmm. if I shouldn't be having something that impacts that part of my brain. So I'm going to try going back down to the dose I was on before and just pay attention to it and see. Because, I mean, it's the weird thing is that everyone else seems to be saying I'm doing better, but I feel worse. It's such a, like, and so usually I use other people as, like, uh, a gauge to let me know, like, how bad it is. And usually they reflect what I think. So it's weird even for, like, Seth to say that I seem a lot better. I I think it's because he's seeing me do things more. I think maybe that norepinephrine is, like, really making me more active. And he's seeing that. And, like, I'm not canceling plans. Like... I, I don't know why I just have I've always been pretty bad with like canceling and stuff but lately I've been really like no I want to be a person with integrity I don't want to cancel my plans now you got Halloween plans yep with me I'm helping Emery move and it better <laughs> it better be spooky are you gonna wear a costume I should just wear an elaborate costume while we move I'm gonna wear a costume <laughs> just tripping on each other's capes the whole time <laughs> Struggling so much to move a mattress. What if we were cheeky and all dressed as like UPS people or something? <laughs> Dead UPS people. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, trying to figure out what's going on with the meds. That's just like the story of my life, though. I'm always second guessing, and someday I just want to not be on anything and just ride the waves of whatever my brain does. Because honestly, sometimes I think. you just get different kinds of problems on meds and I hate saying that because I think meds can help people so much but for me I just have I feel like I've never gotten the combination of things that really makes a big impact like it maybe helps a tiny bit and I mean a tiny bit is great but it just gets frustrating I'm like how am I taking so many damn pills every day and none of them make me like 
feel just neutral. Like, I'm not asking to be ecstatic every day. I'm not asking to wake up and be like, oh, I'm alive. Like, I just want to wake up and be like, start at a neutral place. Like, am I going to feel bad or good depending on what happens to me that day? But I feel like I'm always waking up low and then I, it's hard to like kind of compensate for that. I think from my perspective, I noticed that I feel like June and July, we were both kind of in the struggle bus for a little bit. And then I feel like August and September, I thought you were doing pretty well, just from my own perspective. You know, I see you occasionally during the week, but, you know, obviously see you every Sunday when Mm -hmm. we record. But, yeah, just uh, from my perspective, I thought you were doing better. That's good to know. So maybe, and I think it's a problem of perspective, too, is that I start to get better and then... And then I place my goal for how I want to feel a little bit higher. Like, mm-hmm. I'm constantly climbing. Like, I want to feel better. And I don't know if that's, like, my mood cycling where I just, when I do have the good moods, they're so amazing that I'm just, like, chasing after them. Yeah. Just, like, chasing after that high kind of thing. And I've, things like alcohol can tripwire it and, and make me feel good. Like, I think when I'm drinking, I'm pretty, like, I seem kind of manic almost and... And then I just use up all, all those happy chemicals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, I'm hungover and I could say that like every day of the quarantine. <laughs> Are you? I'm hungover. <laughs> okay. Freaking hungover. At least you're still getting hangovers. That's that means you're true. not completely, you know. I'm not getting like drunk. the DTs or anything. Yeah. See? Yeah. Okay. Optimism for you. There you there go. go. Thank you. The owner of the wine shop <laughs> telling me how to not be an alcoholic. Yeah, there you go. I've, I've, I've nailed it. Don't worry. You're about like it. a doctor in this field. Yeah. So, yeah. Listen, here's what you need to do. I've got, you know, 10,000 hours to be an expert. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. So, Sarah, how are you for real? Great. Absolutely Liar. perfect and wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, no, I am. Um, I think I'm doing all right, honestly. Um, you know, I've, quarantine hit me really hard, and now I feel like I'm starting to, you know, I'm I've kind of balanced out all of the shock and anxiety and you know stress and everything of that. So, and it, you know, honestly, I we are expanding into another location, so that's been. Having, like, something to focus my energy on is really important to me. Like, I find that if I'm not actively, I don't know, like, learning or, like, focusing my mental energy, then, like, I just kind of, like, wallow a little bit. And, um, like, idle hands for me are really bad. Yeah. So, like, quarantine was really bad in the beginning because it's, like, mm. oh, wait, like, I'm always doing something, you know? Yeah. But, like maybe that isn't good in of itself. Like being busy is good, but it also like, you know, then you like find ways to avoid reflecting and like analyzing things. So, yeah. So currently right now, I feel like I'm doing all right, but yeah, the beginning of quarantine and then the, social justice movement and all that hit me really, really hard. You know, I lost my job, you know, everything that I worked for, for, 
you know, almost three years pretty much went up in smoke in like a day. <laughs> Just with like quarantine, like with how business was affected or. Yeah. I mean, you know, because everything, you know, most retail was mandated to shut down. Restaurants were takeout only. Vendors were pulling out, you know, and being in a position of like trying to figure out what to tell other people what to do in that moment was just incredibly difficult uh, with, you know, as we know, not great leadership from anywhere because <laughs> yeah. uh, nobody knew what was going on. And then our manager at the wine bar is an activist and he was super involved in the BLM movement. So, you know, we were trying to help him and honestly his biggest thing of like, how to help was like, I just need to not be at the shop. So like, you know, then we kind of took over a lot of that. So there was just so much transition. And then my boyfriend broke up with me in a very, very harsh way. So it was just like constant, like changing and stress and unknowing for like three months. So, yeah. So it was just like, I just have a day of just like, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to the movie today. Sorry. Cussing. (laughs) We're on the radio. We'll bleep it. But but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, like any sense of normalcy would be great. Yeah. But yeah. And, you know, now, I, I mean, I am doing a lot better, but it's also weird to like, you know, be single during all of this. Um, that's an unusual perspective. Emory can talk to you about that. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, there's somewhat even almost like a inappropriateness, it feels like, to even try to date currently, I feel like. You haven't gone on any Zoom dates or anything? <laughs> no. Girl. You know, and, like, part of me is like, yeah, some days I'm like, yeah, I don't know, like, I'll put myself out there. And then other days I'm like, I don't even, like, like want to, you know? So, and this is, to be completely blunt, like, one of the only times I've been single, I'm just, like, not, I'm not going out doing anything. Like, I'm not, like, hey, I want to make out with this guy. It's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not into it right now. Yeah. So, yeah, so at first I was feeling very lonely, but now... I feel like maybe for the first time ever, I've fully adapted to being completely single, which is... No, like, replacement, like, I'm going to get excited about this guy, and then I'm going to get excited about this... Right. Because that's how I am when I'm... Mm -hmm. The few times in my life I've been single, I'm always fixated on someone. Right, like, what do they say? It's like... Like... Oh, God, it's so bad. But, like, yeah, just like a monkey just swing from, like, branch to branch. It's like, no, I'm not really trying to do that. So, yeah, which is another reason that having a job that is, like, there's so much to learn in it and so so many ways to, like, expand and grow and, like, I don't know. Like, yes, it is in wine and spirits, but, like. I feel like having a business, there's so many ways to, like, express other interests that can, like, go along with that, you know? So, yeah. It's just good to... It's been good to to have... Um, be able to actually focus on my own job and my own business. But, you know, business is stressful in itself. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Man, I think like a lot of people are dealing with that being single during quarantine because it like, yeah, it kind of feels lonely and isolating even when you're in a relationship. Right. But I imagine that it's like much more extreme when you're not in a relationship just to have to deal with like being with your thoughts that much. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I think that's what it is. Like if Seth is gone and like. And I don't have anything to distract me from my thoughts. I start to get, like, really worked up. Like, I start to just feel panicky. And I'm like, it's like, even if I'm not talking to him, I'm more sane when he's just, like, in the room. Yeah. Which is totally a codependency thing, too. But. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm very uh, accustomed to this world. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's why I live with my roommate. I honestly would probably die i mean i probably when i went to the hospital earlier this summer like i i don't i mean having a roommate provides some accountability for me and it kind of avoids that loneliness feeling but yeah you definitely get stuck with your thoughts And at the beginning of quarantine it was actually really easy for me because i was like oh this is like my dark world and now everyone is experiencing the darkness (laughs) you're welcome welcome to this darkness (laughs) it's terrible all the time (laughs) but then after a while, it was like, it really, especially when all the stuff with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, when that started to happen, that picked up. And I just had such a terrible June. And, you know, and then July wasn't much better either because it was like healing after all of that. But, um, but yeah, I can definitely relate to especially the idea of being single during this time is, is not necessarily easy. But then I also know that with people in relationships, it can be difficult too, because it's almost too much time together. They want to kill each other. So, cause I know that, you know, I was working with someone recently and they were just talking about all these people that were getting divorced, like all the people that were breaking up. And I was like, Oh God, I was like, I guess sometimes I'm really, and I've gotten comfortable with being single where I'm just like, this is kind of nice. I'm okay with it. And other times I'm like, I wish I had a girlfriend. (laughs) So it's just like, it just kind of depends. But now I feel I mean, honestly, I feel way more independent and I feel way more focused on myself, which is good. And obviously more connected to my own mental health and well-being and then not relying so much on my partner to support me with that. Because it's like, okay, I'm not relying on anybody right now to support me with this. I'm doing it myself. And then asking a support network to help me. As we've talked about before, where it's a lot of of men, honestly, they rely so much on their uh, significant other to provide that emotional support. So she's providing her support for herself and then also the support for this guy. And I didn't want to be like that. So if I look into a future relationship, I'm like, I don't want that at all. Like, you can be supportive of me, but I don't want you to have all the burden on your shoulders. Yeah. I think that um, Seth and my relationship is kind of the opposite. I feel like Seth has always kind of been my rock. And I, like, feel like I, I kind of put the onus of, like, my happiness or depression on him as if as my partner he's somehow responsible for it and it all happens in my head and it's not it's something I have to be consciously aware of and consciously undo in my head and say it is not his job like you know you can complain to him about how depressed you are all you want he can't fix it but some somewhere somewhere in my mind I've learned that my partner a partner's supposed to fix everything that I should be able to talk to them and just, like, be better. And I'm here to tell you, folks, that's not the case. <laughs> um, you know, they can listen, but they can't really, they can't fix you. So that's the thing that I struggle with is just 
trying not to put too much on Seth. And then I just honestly, I think of, and it worries me a lot. And I've, we've talked about it before with like, what's coming up. Like you have fall, you have winter, you have shorter hours, you have less sunlight. I mean, so scary. It, it'll be it honestly. And it's, especially if we have times where they're just like, okay, we're going full quarantine. We're closing everything down again because things are open right now, but they're, you know, what like half open or whatever it is now. But yeah, I think, I think winter will be very, very difficult. So it's like, what are you doing now to prepare for that? Like, how can you prepare for it? Because honestly, like for me, it's like, okay, I've been in that because winter is like my season. That's my fun season. <laughs> I like winter, but uh, summer is what I don't like. Maybe you're just happy when everyone else is sad. Maybe you're just <laughs> sadistic. <laughs> I thought about that recently. I was like, why am I so happy in the winter? And everyone else is just like, this sucks. Like, and they're all miserable. The tables are turned. <laughs> the tables are turned, finally. Um, but yeah, what are people doing to prepare for that? Because honestly, it it does terrify me. It terrifies me because of my friends and family that I think, yeah, I just, I just think that it'll be difficult and I, I worry about the, my loved ones and just the community in general. It's it, people I already know struggle in the winter when it gets colder. And I think this might be a really, really tough winter. And especially oh, man, with the, with the, right. with the political season too, it's just like, yeah. Ooh, man, you're going to get hit over and over again. So it's like, you know, I think of like, okay, what am I doing? How am I connected with my support network? How can I do stuff outside? You know, how am I communicating with my employer about this stuff? Like, because it'll be, it'll be difficult. So, I haven't even given myself space to think about that because the summer was so bad. Yeah, the summer was terrible for me. So, and oh, I'm I like, get so I get anxiety this time of year. It's like everyone's like sweater weather. Like as soon as that hits, I'm like. Oh dear God, winter's coming. <laughs> it's coming for me. I can feel it. It's like Game of Thrones. Yeah, winter's yeah, it's, coming. It's terrifying. Yeah. Do you get seasonal depression or is it just like I not liking the winter? I feel like I've managed to kind of like not get fully depressed anymore because I know it. I prepare for it. I think about I can identify it now, like that I know it's coming, but... Yeah, I have to have at least one trip in, like, February to somewhere warm so I know that there's, like, a relief out mm -hmm. there somewhere, you know? Yeah. And this year I'm going to study for, like, a for a wine certification. So it's, like, I feel like having something that's, like, no, don't think about boys or don't think about, like, you know, how much it sucks outside or how you can't do anything or how, you, you know, it's like, okay, let's just, let's just mm -hmm. be dedicated and do this. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Maybe I need to find one of those hobbies everyone's always talking about. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. hobbies are hard because if you have any, for me at least, if you have any bit of, like, depression, it's kind of like, well, what's the point? of this hobby you know what I mean yeah whereas like something that's like structured for me like a course or a class or something it's like oh well especially if you paid for it then you're like mm -hmm. okay well now I like have to do this you know what I mean so yeah. it's like forcing yourself to be disciplined which is not one of my strong suits so yeah yeah, I'm actually, I think I'm going to be taking a class. I have to take a stats class, and I'm really not looking forward to it. But I can I take classes for, fun, but... I can take some classes for free at Spalding, even, like, graduate level if I decide to go that route. So 
I've thought about that before. I was always happiest as a student. Yeah. So I'm wondering if I need to engage that part of my brain again. Yeah. Well, you're smart. Like you need something that's like challenging. Need to be like stimulated. Yeah. Yeah. Big old brain over there. Yeah. Big old brain. (laughs) Um, All right. We should take a break now. Okay. So we'll be right back. Two Nuts in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff, the stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 1065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. Uh, so Emery's really excited because I just agreed to get ice cream with him. That's all I ever wanted. And he's asked me for the past, like, three or four weeks, and I always make, say that I can't. It's always like I don't want the sugar. Yeah. Like, I've been, I think, anxious, and I don't want the extra sugar today. I'm like, I'm hungover. Bring it on. <laughs> I, feel I like need it. It's like a part of me. There's, like, three different parts. I feel like I'm a mix between, like, an eight-year-old child, boy or girl, really, an 80-year-old, and then, like, a middle-aged mom. Like, I'm kind of all three <laughs> combined at different times. And the 8-year-old is like, please, Lizzie, go get ice cream with me. <laughs> I've been asking you for so long. <laughs> what is uh, the elderly individual isn't asking me to get ice cream, is he? <laughs> no, it's the, it's the 8-year-old. I'm a little creeped out if that's the case. <laughs> I guess the middle-aged mom one would be fine, too. Yeah, sure. Sure, mom. <laughs> Uh, Sarah, I guess you can't get it with us because you're going to see a man about a statue. I, that is true. Yes, I uh, recently. I'm. I don't know. I feel like I've made it in life. I've bought a statue. She's so. acquired a statue. <laughs> it's just of herself. It's an heirloom. <laughs> yeah, it's me. I was actually. No, it's cast crazy to think that that's going to end up in your will someday. Yeah, that I hope statue. So. As long as I don't go bankrupt and lose it all, it'll be great. <laughs> I don't think the government's going to take that back. <laughs> yes, no, it is a uh, Hellenic uh, concrete statue of a woman, and it'll go into my wine shop. So. You said it's like five feet tall? Yeah. Wow. I'm not really sure how I'm going to move it yet. So That's, that's got to be super heavy. Uh-huh. I'm a little terrified, to be honest. Yikes. So. Yep. Just keep it on wheels so you can like take pics with people. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> This is my new friend. My new best friend. Obviously, you have to name her. Have you named her yet? No. Okay. We haven't gotten that close yet. I feel like I need to spend some time with her. I mean, with quarantine, you're trying to find... It's hard to find new friends. So it it looks like you found one. I had to buy her, but (laughs) I've got one. She has to be friends with you. (laughs) She's no choice. Those are the best kinds of friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My dog's probably going to knock her over day one. So (laughs) that'd be great. Oh my gosh. I just think it's cool. It's so cool that you own a statue. Mm -hmm. Makes me want to find some other symbol, status symbol that I can acquire. (laughs) Maybe a... 
a fountain. Yes, there <laughs> with, my, with my my likeness on it. Yes, I love it. I fully encourage this. Just me. It should just be the fountain. The water is just coming from the eyes, like it's constantly <laughs> crying. Yes, and it's in like the fetal position. <laughs> You're this like, is how I want you to remember this me. This is my sad corner. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Okay, so speaking of sadness, mm-hmm. so Sarah, what are some of the different, usually people have like different times of their life when things were just hard. Like mm-hmm. like you said, you kind of have gone just gone through a phase like that. Yes. But like, what are some of the times when you've had like a lot of issues with sadness anxiety depression like what were some of those like triggers um i would say my entire 20s (laughs) yeah me too uh, same (laughs) pretty rough um yeah i don't know i feel like moving well i moved here with my i went to school in evansville and i moved here uh with him and I was working two jobs and I was working downtown at Eddie Merlot's and also the Derby Festival. And, you know, I just feel like I moved here. I got out of college and I was just like, I I don't know. Like, I've always been, like, everyone describes me as very independent, but I don't necessarily always, like, identify with that. And I feel like moving here, I was very unprepared for what was headed towards me. Like I was unprepared for, you know, working downtown in an environment that was very like money, like, like drugs, alcohol, like go, 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 like party and, you know, and all that. And then, you know, I broke up with my boyfriend cause he, you know, in college he was, he was doing drugs, but it kind of felt like it was just like, part of college, you know, like, you know, but then I started to realize that he was never sober. Like he was doing like this to recover from this, to do this, to do that, you know? And he was like, never sober. So I broke up with him, which I think was a good choice. But then that also meant that like everyone that I knew in this town was him and his friends. So, you know, so it was like, oh, now I'm just in a new city in a very honestly unhealthy work environment and I just didn't know how to handle things, you know? And I was lonely. So I would go out and drink with people, even though I necessarily didn't want to, Mm -hmm. but you know, I wasn't, I didn't know how else to like make friends or make connections or like that kind of thing. So I feel like for a while it just kind of like spiraled for like a couple years, honestly. And I would try to make friends with people and, you know, maybe I didn't connect or it just wasn't right or all those kind of things. Because it's hard when you like, you have like party friends, Yeah. but but if you try, sometimes you try to make them like real friends and you realize like that they don't fit there. Yeah. 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 Because usually the only thing you have in common with party friends is partying, partying, which also... (laughs) makes you feel worse <laughs> you know? yeah so um so yeah I mean I for I think for years like you know talking about like hobbies or whatever it's like oh I, you know I used to do these things I used to like these things but then I think it took me a really long time to realize 
that I was depressed because like, I would just say, I don't care, you know, or like, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, like, yeah, I don't care about that. What's the point of that? And it's like, Oh, it took me, I swear to God, it took me an entire year to realize like, that's called being depressed. (laughs) That's like what that is when you have zero energy for anything. Yeah. You know? So now between that and some other very like tumultuous things that have happened to me, I feel like I'm better at identifying things now, which I think for me being able to identify things before they get too far out of control is, is really important. So, so like, what are some of the, what are some of the things that you identify or what are some of your signs when you know that it's starting to happen? Well, I think like, I never thought of myself as somebody that got anxiety. Like I was like, I'm not an anxious person. Like, I feel like I'm pretty like, like I'm kind of like high and low and I'll get mad. But like this or that, it's like, no, like I feel like I, I, I was identifying like my anger or frustration as like that. But really the stem of that was anxiety about things, you know, like it was like anxiety of, of any host of things that would lead to the expression, which was like yelling or anger, sadness or drinking too much to like rid my brain of that or something, you know? So Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I feel like learning how to, like, identify anxiety, learning how to identify, like, you know, a train of thoughts that's starting to happen, like a pattern of thoughts. Yeah. And, like, trying to stop myself before I just, like, go down that path. Or, like, you know, you were talking about the scaries earlier, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, when I started thinking about the scaries, it's like, or I start feeling them and it's like, no, I don't have to dwell on that. Like, I know that this is what this is like. Yeah. And, and sometimes I, you can just say to one other person, they're like, oh yeah, you're fine. And then yeah. it's like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. Not gonna, <laughs> not gonna beat myself up. Right. Yeah. Kind of like what you were talking about, like just being able to like, you don't have to be like mean to yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, you wouldn't talk to other people like that, you know? So but that's a, it's a constant battle with that. But yeah, what's really hard has always been hard for me is that I've always had the negative thoughts and I've always believed that they were true. Yeah. And even though I can intellectually say like that's not true. Like I can say it from like a a very like logical place that a lot of the things I think about myself are way too harsh and aren't true, but they feel true. Right. Like it feels like you know, for, with my depression, it feels like there's this underbelly of things that I'm being able to see and that that's the truth of things and that no one else can see it because they're kind of clouded with, you know, puppy sunshine, (laughs) (laughs) just whatever happy people do. Right. What do happy people do? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Please email us and let us know. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. What do happy people do? I think they have hobbies. They probably do have a lot of hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have hobbies and yeah, they probably don't dwell on their feelings that often. That's... See, it's a fine line though between am I dwelling or reflecting? You know, it's like. Right. Ah. And some reflection's good. Right. 
Because I feel like I don't really process things unless I have time to reflect. I think that's where, like, my introversion is. Like, I have to, after having an experience, I have to, like, sit and think about it. The problem is that I think about it for too long. Right. But there is that initial just, like, if I, like, times in my life I've been really busy, I've ended up feeling really out of control because I don't have that time to, like, to digest everything. Yeah. My reflection becomes, like, obsession. And I wish I could just obsess over, like, really positive, happy things. Like, what if I was just reflecting and just obsessing over positive, great details? Yeah. But that is never the case. <laughs> yeah, that's what sucks is that somebody gives you a compliment or you have a great night and it's just a throwaway. It's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was good. Right. Conversation over. <laughs> yeah. Like, why can't our brains grab onto that? It's like, oh, no, that's boring. Yeah, I wish that could happen. Like, it would just obsess over those little, like a compliment or something, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to be arrogant. When I see people who are, like, overly confident, yeah, they're kind of obnoxious, but I'm also really jealous of, like, some aspect of it. Like, I just want a little piece of it. Just a little bit. A little bite of that. Yeah. And take it with breakfast. If they could put that in a pill form. <laughs> yes, give me a pill Mild narcissism. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Give me the narcissism pill. Uh, yeah, I feel like I forgot what I was gonna say. The narcissism pill distracted me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we could talk about preparing for winter. We could. Okay. Facing down the barrel of October. <laughs> That sounds terrible. Stuff is crazy. October is Trump's just, got COVID. I feel like a lot of people like October, though. I, I like it's October, spooky. but I, I usually do, and usually it's when I have like an upswing in my mood, so I'm still waiting for that to come. <laughs> that can show up any day now. I'm but, ready. But also, so much stuff is canceled too. So like, you right? Know. Some of that's excitement, like yeah. all the like the parades and the street festivals and live music, like. Without that, I don't know. And parties, yeah. Is it really Rocktober? Take the rock out of it? No. I don't think so. Just October. Yeah. <laughs> but Emery brought up a good point today that the winter is coming. And it's going to be, like, for people with seasonal depression, it's going to be a doozy. Because, you know, we're still going to be in COVID times. It's still going to be isolating. We're going to have a big election. So. Less sunlight. It's colder. People stay inside more. Yeah. Which makes Emery really happy. Because <laughs> he's really happy when other people are sad. Well, I'm just I'm just a winter boy. You're a winter boy. And yeah. I just really enjoy it. Yeah. It's it's very. Um, I'm, so I'm kind of excited for it. But then I know that a lot of people are dreading it. Yeah. So what are some things to do? I need to think about this, too. Like, what are some things we can do before the winter to shore up those defenses? Are you asking uh, me a buy question? Buy a tanning bed. <laughs> buy a tanning bed. Buy a tanning bed. bed. No, don't, please don't do that. Um, yeah, I'm asking just anyone. I'm not asking myself, to asking the void. <laughs> I'm looking up at the ceiling wistfully. Uh, well, yeah, I wanted to talk to Sarah about that and see what she was planning to do or if she had plans or anything for, you know, the upcoming months that are going to be a little difficult. Yeah, I, I get incredibly nervous this time of year. 
like everyone's like, oh, I love fall. It's sweater weather. Let's get the pumpkin spice lattes and all the I'm like, oh no, it's coming. Winter is coming and I'm not going to be able to go outside and do anything. <laughs> yeah. It's dark all day, every day. Uh, so, you know, I think I always have to have something to look forward to. You know, I guess we can travel at maybe, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> I, I'm going to try to take a trip in like January, February to somewhere warm. Um, I did that last or this year and it was yeah, amazing. Right. Yeah. Something to look forward to somewhere to get some sun and, and do that. And then I, think, I don't think I was talking about this on air, but something to focus my energy I don't know, just having a focus that you can put energy towards instead of wallowing in the darkness of winter. <laughs> so well, you had two things yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, right. So, you know, something to keep myself disciplined to. I think that's why, like, some coursework is good for me because just left up to my own devices, I would not, you know, study or learn as much as I should. Yeah. yeah. Do you still do yoga? I do. I did a lot this summer. It helped. I mean, yoga is definitely one of those things that pulled me out of my depression in my 20s. Yeah. Very much so. I remember when you first got into yoga and you just seemed so happy. Yeah. And it, you were just like basically sober and like happy all the time yeah it was insane plus it was cool because you just like i'd be talking to you and then just suddenly you'd be in a yoga pose <laughs> you just like start to go backwards and then suddenly you're like yeah it was crazy so she was doing great you could have asked her and she's like i'm great yeah oh yeah no i literally everybody makes fun of me for this because i was i was doing so much yoga. i was doing like i was you were, like high two, on it yeah like two or three times a day so you know, I was barely eating anything, which sounds like crazy, but I was just like, no, I'm living off the power of the sun, obviously. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think, I mean, the physical aspects of yoga were amazing, but I really took, like, the the philosophical side of it very seriously. And, I mean, it's a prescription for how to, like, yeah, I mean, yoga means clarity, right? So, like. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so in its its deepest sense, um, you know, it's it's a way to find clarity, which provides peace. So, you know, there's all there's it talks about things that that dim that right. So like fear and refusal and ego and all these kind of obstacles that get in your way of having clarity and happiness. So it was really transformational and, and very important to me. The challenge is that like I know that waking up and doing even ten minutes of yoga is going to drastically improve my mood and and physical um state and all that, but sometimes it's the motivation to just even yeah. it's like here's a shortcut <laughs> to happiness. All you have to do is do it. It's like oh but that like, involves doing something. <laughs> I don't want to do anything. Right, like, the do part is the problem. Can you put that in a video outside. that I can watch? <laughs> yeah. Not move, just watch. Or just right. a pill for breakfast that yeah. I can take. <laughs> a yoga narcissism pill. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, um, I've been doing yoga with Adrian like oh, yeah. once a week. She's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And it's free. There's yeah. some ads, but... Yeah, and then I was thinking about going back to 
some yoga studios, and it's like, man, I don't know, like, being in a yoga studio, all that breathing, it's a lot of breathing. That COVID. is a lot of, know. a lot <laughs> of exhaling. People are breathing too much in there. I, yeah. yeah, maybe outside, I don't know. Maybe you did yoga where they're just holding their breath the entire time. Yeah. You do that. So, <laughs> let's talk gratitudes. I had thought of a gratitude. Oh, yeah. Um, I am thankful that it is currently socially appropriate to not shower very often. Is. Because mm-hmm. I've realized that I'm kind of like a little kid. I have like this huge resistance to shower. I'm like, I don't want to. And it's like, <laughs> it's just, it's the weirdest thing. And like, as much as like, while I'm showering, I try to tell myself, this, this is good. Isn't it nice? Like, isn't this relaxing? I'm like, remember this for next time. You like this. It's okay. But I still like to not shower. And I finally realized that I really think the number one thing that I don't like about showering is having to stand up for that long. Mm, yeah. It's exhausting. Standing. I hate standing. You're very, I like very anti-standing. I really hate, like, I like, I love walking. I like hiking. I don't like running. I love sitting and lying down. I mean, <laughs> if there were a sport where you could like sit and lie down, I'd be a pro. I mean, I could do it all day. You'd have a gold medal by now. Yeah, yeah sometimes I do. <laughs> but yeah, there's very, I didn't even realize, which is shocking that there's so, my day, I'm so inactive. Like I do exercise occasionally, but like, I mean, a few times a week, but like, most of my day, I'm just moving from sitting position to sitting position. And then I'm complaining about the 10 minutes that I have to stand. <laughs> like, what a sad life. <laughs> but I'm grateful that it's socially appropriate that, and that I don't have to get ready as much. Because right now, if I have to get ready for something, it just feels exhausting. I'm like, how did I ever do this? Well, it seems insane. It seems inappropriate. It's like, like heels are you kidding me yeah i don't i don't think anybody's gonna wear heels for another like year i mean it seems crazy i remember i like tried to curl my hair for like amber's going away party and it just it deflated it was like it was mocking me (laughs) i just like looked in the mirror and they were gone i was like we don't do this i'm trying so hard stop burning me for fashion (laughs) well you brought up what i'm grateful for Do do you have more I'm That's sorry it. to cut you off, <laughs> but it, it leads into what I was grateful for. Yeah. There's two things, and I'd forgotten about this one until you talked about getting ready or whatever. I have a wedding. I'm getting married in a couple of weeks. Oh. <laughs> I have a wedding that I'm attending, and uh, in a couple of weeks, yeah, that's a real surprise. Uh, wedding in a couple of weeks, and they're you know trying to be as safe as possible, but I was I was like, you know what? I'm going to look really good for this wedding. I'm going to... I'm gonna, they even said on the invitation, they were like, go out, go all out with it because, you know, no one's dressing up anymore. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like find a nice tuxedo or suit to wear and look really sharp. Yeah. And I was actually feeling good about that. It's I was like, good. it's going to feel nice. good to look good and like try. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was excited about that. So I, uh, I'm looking at, it's called the black tux and I've rented from them before for a wedding. And I just, you know, a lot of, a lot of. A lot of cute, nice outfits. On something James Bond, just like very... I like blues and grays. You know, they accentuate... Make your eyes pop. (laughs) They make my eyes explode. (laughs) 
um, so it's probably going to be blue or gray. Uh, yeah, so that was the first one. And the the original one was, I'm grateful to go get ice cream with Lizzie. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. I have to figure out what flavor I'm going to get. Oh, I don't even know what flavor I'm getting. But if they're closed, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> You're going to lose it. Put it down. Uh, Sarah, what are you grateful for? Mm. Uh, I think I, I'm probably most grateful, honestly, for my friends throughout all this. This has been, I don't, I don't know what I would have done if I was in a city without, I mean, cause I don't have family here and my friends pretty much are my family. So that would have been pretty terrible without them. And, uh, I don't honestly stand up comedy. I watch a lot of stand up mm-hmm. and it's uh it's really the dark side of comedy is so great and it really feeds my my inner evilness. I mean greatness. <laughs> uh that it's uh it's great. The the whole like yes, the jokes are funny, but the whole like world of it is very entertaining in and of itself. So, you know, I'm grateful to have Bill Burr on a podcast and uh, how Neil feel and things like that to, to put on and and just make me laugh, you know. So so as a, as a kid, that was like one of my saving graces. At early my early teens, when I was sad, often my family would go on road trips and we would listen to George Carlin, which is kind of inappropriate for like a twelve or thirteen year old to listen mm-hmm. to. But I just loved. George yeah. Carlin, like, and he has a very dark sense of humor as well. Yeah, and it was just a saving grace for me. And yeah, I've watched. I'm watching more stand up comedy now than I ever have before because it's just yeah. like, what else am I going to do? So <laughs> might as well. <laughs> yeah, laugh. we're running out of content, so it's right. actually a really good tip. Stand up yeah. comedy. <laughs> All right. Well, we are actually out of time. Sarah, thank you so much for thank being you. on the show. You're yeah. wonderful. I hope Love that you guys. and your statue are very happy together. <laughs> we will be. I promise. Your new friend. <laughs> I'll report back on her name soon. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.